0: Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and ground him. Bring forth the royal diadem and ground and Lord of all. Every... welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray.
1: And I am David Van Becker.
0: And uh, there's nobody else uh, in this uh, Zoom meeting with us that right. we're doing, how we're doing this anyway. It is just Dave and I, you and me, Dave, mano Imano. mano. It's been a minute, but... I know. Yeah. So I know.
1: You- we, we had a week off, basically, is what we, we really just had one week off, but that's good. I'm glad. We're glad to get back to it. It's good.
0: Oh, yeah. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this one. And I think uh, you guys who are uh, you know, regular listeners to the uh, Tag Your It podcast, we thank you uh, very much for watching this on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube and you're watching this and you haven't subscribed, please do that. And if you're listening to this, on uh, you know, it could be Castbox, could be Apple Podcast, could be uh, Spotify, wherever it is. If you could just give that a quick rating too, that would help us um, get the word out because there are things coming up um, in the near future that would be really awesome to get the word out. And so, I guess if you don't mind, Dave, I can do. No, Adam, I was going to ask you to
1: tell us just a little bit about the things that you had going on that were yeah. ahead for us, please.
0: Yes, there's a couple things, and so um, there I'm not going to get all the details out yet because I haven't. Um, gotten everything um, together um, other than just some paper some some text on paper anyway but um, what's coming up and what has got the green light now um, I don't know if you if you've listened to uh, us talk to Dusty I think I mentioned last time I was going to throw a little rock and out there anyway for us to rest on but um October 15th here in Springfield Missouri at Redeemer Church my my fellas my my brothers and sisters in Christ we're going to host an abolition convention and so that's October 15th and that is right before the uh Missouri Baptist annual meeting so that which I think is the maybe two weekends after that so yeah it would be
1: correct two, So yep
0: yeah so we'll be doing some educating um prior to that and hopefully um you know w- I don't have anything up yet as far as an event page. I don't have a web page up yet. I don't have uh, the tickets, the e tickets, and all that stuff. That's why I'm not going to give all the information yet, but there will be an abolition convention at Redeemer Church here in Springfield, Missouri. It's going to be called the Go Therefore Abolish Abortion Convention. So please uh, stay tuned to uh, the future Taggerit podcast to get more and more information. And if you you haven't yet, like us on Facebook, Um, there'll be an event page there. I'm not sure who's actually going to host the event page yet, Um, but uh, soon and very soon, there will be all the uh, information and um, where you go to get things done, whatever um, coming up. And then also, um, as of today, so we're recording this on monday august 8th um i have finally submitted i got the written permission from dusty Devers and also bill askell and got the uh blessing of those involved with the southern baptist for the for abolishing abortion um for, from those guys to utilize their same equal protection um thing that the, we did uh for the southern baptist convention so the southern baptist for or on equal protection of the law for pre-born children. Now, what I did is just like Dave and I did uh, last year, we took the resolution. Uh, We put the state um, sort of terms and dates for the annual meeting in there. And that's pretty much all I changed this time was just the location and the time anyway, because it's the same language as the equal protection that we did with the SBAA. Hopefully the MBAA can get Missouri since now we're post row 50 state free for all. And um, we know that we've talked about in the past on that, that your, your, your Southern Baptist governor has said two things that, contradict each other. Babies have rights within the first eight weeks, but at the same time, the mother has two months to do it. And that should be enough time to get things done. So he's saying you have two months to murder your baby that I believe is a person that has rights.
1: That is correct.
0: That is, that where we're is at.
1: very problematic. And, and that's your, something-
0: that's your ERLC. your your pro-life. That's your pro-life right there. That put those trigger laws that they were just, you know, chomping at the bit for a row to be overturned. And so again, Joseph is out of the pit. Okay, Reuben right. showed up, Joseph is out of the pit. And the thing is what we need to do is we need to be like Reuben, and rip our clothes.
1: Well, and with that so, said, not only has Adam now submitted this resolution, he'll get an opportunity to defend that resolution in front of the committee so again we're probably going to run to the same issue where the committee doesn't want to get passed so again things have been changed and adjusted in such a way to make it harder to pull resolutions from the floor so we want to be prepared because as what happened at the southern baptist annual meeting where pulling the resolution was actually stopped and blocked we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen again we're going to need individuals who listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. who are part of the missouri baptist convention to make sure that they are there so and right yeah. vocal about this so because- right now is
0: the time to talk to your pastors about being a messenger so yes. talk to your pastors how many messengers uh is your church uh given and if you can be one of those and the thing is is pretty shortly pretty soon within this week i will be sharing on youtube a video and facebook a video um on the resolution so it's going to have all the whereases and the resolve um and you can share that so th- the thing is we don't really ask for money or anything, but we do ask, please, if you could, um, click, click and share. And it's one of those things that we are going to have to um, take. You're going to have to take some heat from comments or whatever, but Facebook comments are the least of your worries. Whenever we're talking about the murder of our fellow image bearers in the womb. And so please, when you see that video, when you see this podcast, let's share, please, please. If you know if this is the only time that you ever share a tag your it podcast please share this podcast please share the video whenever you see it it'll be the missouri baptist for the abolition of abortion uh, it'll be a video containing the equal protection language um yes it's, it's going to be minus all the bible um verses and stuff like that but it'll have everything in there that you need to know um, and then you can share that with your friends you can share that with your pastors you can share that um, with your fellow churchmen brothers and sisters there um, please that's let me please beg. I will I will get on my knees on the floor and beg you to share this on your Facebook page and other social media outlets that you can.
1: One other little piece of housekeeping before we jump into our program content today. And that is, this is our first opportunity to announce that on the 23rd, that's Sunday night, pre-23rd of October, pre-annual meeting, there is going to be a four-person debate on the topic of Eschatology. What does the Bible say about end times? Adam will be representing the post mill position. Uh, Gabe Zolea will be presenting the amill mill position. Colton Wright will be position will be presenting the historic premillennial position, and Dennis Jackson will be presenting the um, dispensational position, both post and pre uh, trib rapture. And so it should be a really Interesting discussion and debate. It is free and open to the public. And if it's going to be this year like it was last year, there will also be some nice uh, refreshments. Welcome to everybody who is there. In fact, there were so many refreshments last year. People came in and just like they ate their dinner there. And so uh, that will be, of course, in the convention hotel on that Sunday night. We'll get you the specifics as we get a little bit closer. We're going to have a meeting actually tomorrow night to kind of discuss some of those things, hammer it down. But this is our first announcement that there will be a debate on what does the Bible say about end times Adam will be presenting the post mill position. That it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And
0: it's one of those things that I'm sitting here going like, why is it Gabriel Zalea? Why are we like so close yet so far away on our topics this past couple of years, but it's going to be fun. He is definitely a jabber. Uh, he will, he will poke everybody in the room. And that's what I like about him. That's why I'm excited about the debate at the same time. I'm like, Oh man, this is like, yeah. When it comes to eschatology, everybody and their mom will come out uh, even the kitchen sink will be sitting out in the audience to listen because, you know, we do like it. But the cool thing about the resolve, it's not eschatology or what about the millennium? It is, what does the Bible say about the end times, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so that's so exactly what the It's a little
0: means. bit. Yeah. So it's a little bit. Uh, I like the proposition better than what it could have been and that other people would but use. You know, so I appreciate.
1: Someone, someone uh, was thinking when yeah, they wrote it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I appreciate, I appreciate the way that you have that worded because it does, um, keep the, uh it, keep, it keeps the right, puts the right tent and, you know, it doesn't really weigh it one direction or another. um So it's very, very well done. So thank you, Dave, and, uh, for that. Will and,
1: Hoffman yeah. and I will be, of course, moderating that debate. It'll be really neat. A four-person debate should be a lot of fun. There should be a lot of good back and forth. I know, uh, Adam, I don't think you've participated in a four-person debate before. So And I'm be, debating
0: uh, without you, man.
1: There you go. Yeah. But you've done <laughs> that before. You've done that before and you've done quite Uh, well
0: yeah i did the first one anyway but i haven't debated in a long time by myself other than just you know the normal facebook stuff (laughs) so hopefully yeah that 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 might be something that'll be another podcast if the guy yeah
1: and come out but hoping to have all of those individuals on here in the near future too Mm -hmm. to basically just talk about what the importance of Eschatology is to apologetics because it is an apologetics related question. And I think Mm -hmm. it's very important that we recognize that. In fact, that's probably one of the most fun little parts about it is that this is important to defending the faith. And it also should serve, at least for me, every time I think about eschatology. I think about our Great Commission, and it should also be used as a fuel for the Great mm-hmm. Commission. And I think mm-hmm. each position actually has a, a really good case to talk about why their position should be or is the best in fueling the Great Commission. So yeah. with that said, today, we've kind of got a little bit of a uh, potpourri program. We've mm-hmm. got some memes we haven't done one of those today. in we've a while. Articles, yes, So it should be a lot of yes. fun. We
0: got memes. We haven't done that all year. We have so, not wow
1: gosh, here no, we are in August. Well, we've yeah, eight right months in, beginning. and
0: so yes, you are going to end up hearing that awesome sound, the music, and the cool background. You're going to be able to see that, and uh, it's been a while, so we're going to give you some memes. But we first want to, uh, you know, Dave's brought some good potpourri to the mix, and so we have, uh, in the past talked about rick warren we've talked about the whole sbc uh woman pastor debacle and so that's what uh dave is going to be bringing up here uh in just a second on the screen for us uh but we do have a a funny article from uh sbc our friends at the sbc voices i know we've talked about them um you know like we we really enjoy our pathways a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it oh like goodness, other Southern pathways, Baptist so uh, mediums are very, uh, compromised, um, way more so than a lot of other, uh, sort of, uh, Mediums and that's and, really and sad. Say, so uh,
1: SBC voices, I've read some of their articles and have been impressed. I know it's a collaborative group of folks, and so I don't know how long they've been doing their article, but they do cover all a lot of things. SBC, and this is uh what I seem to assume is a little bit of a joke, lighthearted type of article that they put forward, but there is a very serious position that they're trying to make and a serious point. The name of the article, the name of the article is interview with a pirate about the SBC and women pastors. Yeah. by William Thornton, I don't know, William, I'm sure that he is a really great guy, uh, but he did put something up here. And I think that it's something that is problematic. And I just want to start even with the title of the article interview with a pirate. Now that is actually language that he is using because he's taking the idea of take back the ship from 2021, which mm-hmm. was very big, or change the direction, which was this year's kind of theme for the Conservative Baptist Network and those who are associated with founders. So with that mm-hmm. said, we're just going to kind of read and respond, because I think that this is an article worth at least thinking about, because again, he's attempting to use some humor being a little tongue and cheek here but you can see at least in my mind very horrible argumentation be more than happy to visit with him if he responds to this but here's what we said yeah he says. well
0: yeah and I just wanted to prepare the audience here so um just as always the tactic of uh whenever you know whenever you know you're reading something uh that has been liberally compromised if we're going from secular standards Uh, making man the final reference point. So um, we're going to say you have conservative and you got your liberal uh, theologies and all that kind of stuff that uh, reside within the SBC um, these days. Um, So when we're thinking about liberal things, the tactic is to blame the other side for exactly what you are doing. And so we have interview with a pirate about the SBC and women pastors. Now we're going to see what is called a language pirate talking to an ad hominem pirate so it's one of those things that this what this article is if you are uh tracking with dave and i um we are these pirates we are yep. ignorant ignorant um we are slack jawed seed pickers seed pickers right there and so go. i i understand i probably poison the well whatever but no uh, that's just, exactly just what's look being at that said tactic here. because that is cutlass a heavy tactic
1: mm-hmm. so william begins you there with the earring and the cutlass and your hair on fire. You've got a problem with women pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention. Pirate. Arg, Arg, dag gum straight. I've got a problem with it. It's a big problem. That's correct. It is a big problem. Why is it a big problem? Because of the sufficiency and clarity of scripture. That's why it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, a pirate probably wouldn't know those things because they're just too ignorant. And that's the problem here. Being drawn as a caricature, that is the general generalization that is being made. These are the folks who are ignorant and they're just ignorant because they've got a big problem. These pirates who are trying to take back the ship, there's really no problems, nothing to look at here in the SBC. There is no liberal drift. There is no problem with the inerrancy or sufficiency of scripture. Obviously you're ignorant and that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those things like, why doesn't the pirate come back and go like, so you don't see a problem. Uh, Why aren't you seeing a problem? You know, so we got to we got to think about that. So this is going to be a dialogue that is only one sided, which is another weird thing to do. So yeah,
1: yes. yeah, big problem. How many women are there in the SBC who lead churches as pastors? Well, it's interesting that you would ask. Uh, about thirty of the over forty thousand pastors, according to Baptist to Baptist, which is of course done by the Executive Committee of the SBC. So that is a very Clear person uh, who has some ability to make an objective statement on this. In fact, he even says that there are five in the same article. Only two of about five thousand Southern Baptist churches in Texas. So we can say that there are thirty women pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention. Now you might say, well, quantitatively, and that's the argument that's going to be made here. Quantitatively, that's not a big problem. So, but let's continue on in here. Of course, this pirate says, "I don't know any who are senior pastors." or lead pastors, sorry. Yeah, uh, I don't know of any who are senior or lead Lead pastors, pastors, but but,
0: hold on right there, swashbuckler. There aren't any women senior pastors or or there aren't any women senior pastors in the SBC? Well, no, but hold on.
1: Here's the problem.
0: But Blackbeard.
1: (laughs) Here is the problem. Designation of senior pastor is not Mm -hmm. a biblical terminology yeah that is not at all the issue the issue again comes down to the sufficiency and clarity of scripture the meaning of words what did they mean in 2000 when they began to deal with women pastors here's one of the things that albert Muller says in his article women pastors women preachers and the looming test of the southern baptist Convention." he wrote this actually back in may 10th of 2021 and here's one of the things that moeller says in truth the issue of women serving as pastors fueled the conservative resurgence of the sbc the question was instantly clarifying the divide over women serving in the pastorate served as a signal of the deeper divide over the authority and the interpretation of scripture simply put the only way to affirm women serving in the pastoral role is to reject the authority and sufficiency of biblical texts such as 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Timothy 2, there is more to the picture, but not less. Furthermore, the Christian church in virtually every tradition throughout nearly two millennia in almost every place on earth has understood these texts clearly. Yeah, and so, it can be
0: one of those things. You can go back to the 1689 confession. You could probably go down, I mean, New Hampshire that came out of that. You could look at uh, uh, the Charleston, all that kind of stuff when we're talking about Baptists. Uh, distinctively, um, you know, this has been the clear historical issue um, that uh, you, again, it's going to come down to whenever, and we're going to get it to into the article, but I do have the uh, Baptist faith and message 2000 open says the new Testament of the new Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation. So we got local autonomous congregations of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ governed by his laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word. So you have to go, you have gifts, rights, and privileges invested in you by the word of God. Okay, so you have gifts, but they are according to the word of God. They're going to be defined there. Okay, and so Um, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the Lordship of Christ through the democratic processes and, and such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. So there's your um, there's your, we are all like, there's no male, female slave free um, in Christ. You're all one in Christ. So there's that, um, that issue. Um, so, but yeah, in such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. It's scriptural offer officers are pastors and deacons. You've only got two offices while both men and women are gifted for service in the church. Okay. So we don't reject women having gifts to serve in the church. We don't reject that. We have two officer or two offices, pastors and deacons. And, uh, uh, but then it says the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by what? Scripture. Okay, so again, we can connect the, the middle part and the end part. It says that, um, so exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word, and the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. So that is very clear. It's very concise, and it's really, really ridiculous whenever we come together as a convention with as many people as we have with a big um Executive committee on stage with tons of pastors, with uh, six seminary presidents, and a bunch of people that have gone to those schools in one room, and we actually have to go. We need a committee that spend a year on what is a pastor. Whenever we've had from 1925, this has been the language, at least in the Baptist Southern Baptist life. So you know that's a ridiculous thing. That's what it goes on to say, but. um
1: This is a dated article dating back to October 1st of 2000, and it is directly dealing with the language that was used in the Baptist faith and message 2000. Again, we have some numbers here. They are again dated, and now this tells us that fewer than one-tenth of 1% of the 41,099 Southern Baptist churches have women serving as senior pastors. So, we do have some numbers, at least that at one time there were women serving as senior pastors in Southern Baptist churches. The Baptist Faith, the Message 2000 actually makes it very clear. In fact, Bill Merrill says this Southern Baptist have from our beginning honored Holy Scripture as the final arbiter for the Christian faith and church order, including the teaching of the New Testament that the pastorate is limited to men as qualified by the scripture again he's pointing back to the baptist faith and message 2000 which is the statement of faith of the southern baptist convention and he is making it really clear that it is indeed the office of pastor is exclusive to men that is the consistent teaching of scripture Further, that is the confessional statement of the Southern Baptist Convention. What is happening here is languages being hijacked. What he is saying is, and what the argument that William is making here is, if your title isn't senior pastor, well, then if they just say you're pastor of music, you're still able to be a pastor. That, that That's fine. That's really what the Baptist faith and message is saying. And he even says here, Right, but stop interrupting me. I was going to say that there are some women who are pastors. You mean staff people? Notice the shift in language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Notice the intentional, right there, poor yeah. argumentation to change the language. That is a where the uh, pairing.
0: and this is where the language pirate comes in. And again, that is a uh, a very liberal tactic because, again, critical theory is a language war. So we're just trying to take language and I mean, you can suffer the um, logical fallacy of equivocation, all those kind of things, the bait and switch um red herrings out the wazoo um and so this is just this is this is really a red herring of an article anyways to distract you and uh, yes yeah we sometimes we uh since it's such an informal podcast we get awesome visitors on the show i've had my kids on the show i've had my dog on the show or my dogs on the show and now we've got finally dave Has succumbed to the issue of having the kids show up on the show. So everybody, give a round of applause for Elisha. God
1: bless Elisha. He's he's hungry for dinner. Yes, yes. (laughs) That happens sometimes. But see, I'm hungry for the truth, and we need to continue to be hungry for the truth. I love what John Frame says in his systematic theology in his chapter on God and His Word. He says this on page 525. But true language is language that is right, that rightly represents reality, that expresses. The way something really is truth in this sense is the proper correlation between language and reality. So, mm-hmm. William, the question is: Does the word pastor, poemium, episkopos, uh, or presbyteros, is that ever associated with women in all of, of Scripture? Is it ever that's that's really the question that we're asking? You are trying to skirt the reality. And you're trying to do a slide of hands to say that this isn't a big issue. When it is, it is an issue of biblical doctrinal faithfulness. We believe that words have meaning. The designation of the office of pastor has exclusively been held by men, biblically and baptistically. That is the designation. And we don't have to guess about what the framer's intent was in 2000. One guy stood up and told us from the floor, this is a big deal. This is a slide of hands move. Don't call women pastors in Southern Baptist churches. That's what we're asking for. And to pretend that there's not some type of a liberal theological drift here, a classic shift of language is being employed right here by your awesome answer
0: and it's the same thing it's the same same stuff that destroys uh true biblical eldership as well so whenever you think about it so so now so you mean staff people like associate pastors so you're wrecking so a church that has associate pastors recognizes the need of a plurality of elders they're just unwilling because of a secular and uh a traditional uh approach to uh, church life, which is not biblical, because the two offices are what in the Southern Baptist life, which is scriptural. What I mean, it is basic; it is scriptural. So it's not just a so it's not a Southern Baptist tradition. It goes to um, even Presbyterians have elders, they have deacons, and they got the congregation. All right, Congregationalists had elders and the congregation and deacons. So we can go back to the English uh, Reformation and still see the same two offices pastor and deacons and so the thing is I wouldn't have a, such a problem if you would say well our staff people are kind of like deacons and we have women deacons. I think there's a wonderful argument to look at the text exegetically and uh, find out that you know women were servants in the church uh, they were not in a authoritative word and prayer ministry they were for physical needs um, and women were included Lydia being a deaconess. Um, You know that you have that word used for some women and that's fine. But the thing is, is you have built on top of a tradition that says you have a single pastor that is overseeing the whole church and then he needs an associate. So they're kind of like somewhere in between deacons and pastors. The Bible doesn't give you that category. And so where's the heart issue now? Because if you're not willing to use the biblical terms and definitions, then you have a heart issue that you are not wanting to repent from and take on what has God sufficiently given you So and what has he going. sufficiently instructed. So... You're going to end up doing the nadab and abihu thing going like i saw the consuming fire that was awesome i want to see it i'm going to give this fire we're going to set up another one and then they get consumed so we only do this out of love so this is not out of hate or or anything we do hate lies um, but we love people to repent along with us on issues and this is one of those things out of date from dave and i in this podcast we are wanting to make sure that we go you know, we, we're not kicking you out of the kingdom. We'll kick you out of the SBC, though. We want to kick you out of the SBC. It doesn't mean we kick you out of the kingdom.
1: The unless, reality is yeah. you have decided to relegate yourself to a mm. position that is untenable by scripture. I love what Mueller says. Even more recently, some churches have started designating and even ordaining women as pastors. In some cases, it is not certain what this means and whether it invokes the teaching office. In other cases, it clearly does mean a woman in the teaching office. Then, of course, Muller goes to talk about Saddleback, which is where all of this has been grounded in. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would state very clearly. All you have to do is clearly read 1 Timothy chapter 3. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Again, very clear elder, pastor, preacher, all components, all concepts that were equivocal of one another. They were all in the same place. They were all part of the exact same component. Those words are used uh, side by side, pastor, preacher, elder, uh, Yeah, pastor, elder, overseer. Those things are the same office. We know that they're synonymous terms. That's clear. So then what does he say here?
0: Yeah. So, okay. They don't lead the church. They aren't the main pastor, but their title includes the word pastor. And the pirate says, yes, it's an outrage. Well, it's not the fact that they're, they, they are given the word pastors that they are actually doing pastoral ministry, the word, the ministry of prayer and the word and oversight over the church, which the Bible does not give. Okay. That's right. So if they're doing that now, again, if you're wanting to take words, And do the liberal lifting of words and redefining words. You can't do that because the Bible is our objective authority. If it's not your objective authority, then we have bigger fish to fry than women seeking pastorate ministry and we need to hit you there but is that going to be the clarity
1: and sufficiency of Mm -hmm. scripture issue it's Mm -hmm. a clarity and sufficiency of scripture i've heard the sbc voices in fact one of these articles that we were going to deal with was dave miller's a plea to angry baptist one of the things that he tries to to say here is that uh oftentimes uh how does he put here he he makes it clear that there has been uh many times those who are in the pirate camp, like we are, makes it very clear that they are inerrantists and conservatives. Well, there you go. And then he talks about complementarianism. We are tired of seeing good men, and women, especially minority. Sorry, wrong piece there. We are complementarian, but we have varying views of the application of the scriptural teaching on this issue. Wait a second here. That is what the SBC voices is saying. Hey, you angry folks who didn't like the way things turned out at the Southern Baptist Annual Meeting in 2022, you guys need to accept our very broad view of complementarianism, in which we say that women can be pastors, because that's what this is. Argument. This is argument. He can say whatever mm-hmm. he wants, but he is saying, yes, it is great. It is good. We should celebrate that women are pastors. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so not- and it's one of those things like why aren't they coming up to the microphones wanting to make amendments and make another uh Baptist faith and message? Why aren't they yeah. doing that? You're just we're just supposed to accept you let you live underneath it. Wait a second. But then you, so you, again, you have the tale of the two um, folks. You have the one that played by the rules with the messenger tag, going to the messenger microphone, waiting in line. His name is Al Muller, Talks about confessionalism talks about that being a deal. And then you got uh, Rick Warren that wasn't even there at a convention in his own backyard until he gets a call from the platform to do his platforming uh, back rubbing himself in front of everybody. Um, you know, that's, that's the tale here. And so again, I want to say we're, we're not going to kick you out of the kingdom. Okay. And my dog is also uh, in here doing stuff. So Dave, you take it away and finish my thought.
1: Yeah. However, we are going to recognize that you have stepped outside of the bounds of the Baptist faith message 2000. Again, if you cannot be a confessional people, If you have to redefine the word pastor in order to make it work, you have left being confessional in your position. You are no longer a confessional people. And that is a binding and key piece with the Southern Baptist. That is a binding and key piece with our cooperative fellowship. No, you don't Mm -hmm. have to do everything the same. But the office of pastor, elder, overseer, that is clearly and historically been the position that only are held by men. Why? And oh, how? I and how know. does
0: that affect uh, what we do? Again, Southern Baptists, we are a cooperation. What are we cooperating to do? We're cooperating to plant churches. Okay, so whenever we plant churches, what are we going to do? Are we going to do do it by the way that we have confessed together to do it with two offices, or are we are we going to have to give the same liberties against what it says. Okay. So you, 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 you should know the problem. So this does come into our cooperation. It does. It's not something that um, you can have varying eschatological, as es, you know, eschatology. Okay. That's not going to affect the mission of the SBC's cooperation as much as this issue, because this directly affects the way that we plant churches. And it directly okay. impacts
1: mm-hmm. the way that we read and apply scripture I mean, mm-hmm. when you deal with second with 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 to 13, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. The reality is that you have completely usurped the clear teaching of scripture on this at the point where you began to say, well, no, 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 no. Pastor has a different meaning pastor has a different meaning.
0: No, pastor
1: is the pastor is the the overseer who is, should be committed to the preaching of God's word and prayer.
0: Yep. And so here we go. You know, it goes uh, right into the whole confessional thing. Um, it says, so this is an outrage. Why? And the pirate says, because of our confession, the Baptist faith and message says pastors are to be men. And then, um, Oh, it doesn't say yeah, bal- like, baloney yeah, the, it
1: doesn't
0: say that william baloney says
1: it doesn't, it doesn't
0: say that, say that. well here's here's the here's the key though whenever you keep on reading it i'm, I'm trying to i'm not reading it on the screen here but i'll oh, do sorry. it on the screen <laughs> um so because the baptist faith and the message says pastors are to be men and then uh, william says it doesn't say that it says the office of pastor is limited to men, and yes, we are saying that. That's what it says, and says same thing. And then the uh, William aswell says not exactly. Make it, maybe you can spot the difference, but never mind. How? I'm, and so uh, let's get off of that. Let's get off of That's that. Right. Okay, here's the bait and switch. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm coming with you, and I'm gonna get destroyed and. Oh, but never mind. How many women have uh, the title pastor among the uh, SBC's fifty thousand churches? So I'm going to quickly shift topics. So this is uh, this is not how you have a conversation. Again, this is a fake conversation, anyway. and but it's it a demonstrates an ability to have
1: coherent argumentation.
0: Yeah, because yeah.
1: he knows that he can't actually deal with that reality in a pithy way. That's yeah. the truth of the matter. And it's That's like, oh, spirit. I don't.
0: So how many? But then you know to grant the argument anyway. I don't know. At least three, um, three among fifty thousand churches and maybe one hundred and fifty thousand staff people. <laughs> so again, with again with the the keep continuing consistent language here, language robbing, um, and that's a problem. And the pirate says, "Well, it's a big problem." Well, it for one, we've already showed you that there's more than three sure. um, anyway. So this this you know the satire, if that's what you can call it. Is not even you know it's, it's satire so i guess you don't have to be correct with numbers but you know it's still going to minimize the problem so it's a big problem well it doesn't sound very big to me but i'm planning to take it take the ship you're um you sure there you sure there aren't ten thousand or so churches that have started using the word pastor for some church staff under the authority uh of and supervised by the senior pastor that might make help make your case a little better and that's one thing is is it's he's he's going to the tradition because i'm going to sit here and be like yeah and if there's other churches that are treating people as pastors that are not even called even men if they're called if, if if men are being called a pastor and they're not, and they're not gifted biblically. and they're only and they're doing deacon duties then i'm we need to call them hey you need to call them deacons or You That's need right. to get them out of your your pastorate, because remember, well, it goes this goes the yeah. opposite
1: way, too. If if you have men who are actually functioning as elders and you've given them the title deacon, you need to make a change. Yeah, they are. They are elders. That is the reality of it.
0: And so, yeah, he is, uh, you know, in this, he's just totally he, he's getting the pirate. Um, stumped on tradition and he's not really getting to the truth issue what does the bible say
1: no and 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 again it's such a poor representation hmm. of what so many individuals who actually hold our position would have uh that is the issue again it's satire agreed But he's making such a generalization about, well, these guys are just the dumb pirates who are trying to take the ship. No, no, no. We're trying to actually stand uh, historically in the position that we have held, especially those of us who are conservative. Those who are actually affirmers of the conservative resurgence recognize that this was a pretty big deal back 30 years ago something that should have been laid to rest 22 years ago but now because it's rick warren because it's the biggest SBC church and the best known sbc church we are going to go ahead and make an exception for them because uh rick is a really nice guy no Mm -hmm. that's not what we're going to do scripture is really clear even if rick is a really nice guy All we need is one or two besides there are some women who have been ordained in the SBC. Really, how many times is the ordination mentioned in the Baptist Faith and Message? You know what? It doesn't really matter. And are you Mm -hmm. ready? We're actually for the ordination of women to the position of deaconess, because that is a scriptural position. That is something that scripture does actually make clear for us. Mm -hmm. When deacons, when the work of deaconing is actually done correctly and biblically, there should be women deacons. Phoebe is an excellent example of that. And we can, guess what, appeal to scripture when you run into those guys who say, oh, no, only men should be deacon." We can actually look right at scripture and say, well, what do you do there with uh, with Phoebe in Romans? Hmm. Hmm. Pirate says, I don't know. I checked. The answer is zero. Not mentioned at all. Make note of that. Fine. He goes, I can't write. I'm shocked. Shocked ha ha ha. I don't like the way this conversation is going. You know, I don't like the way this conversation is going because right, if, are- oh, no! Yeah,
0: it's like, I wouldn't either if I were you, but one more question. How many of the uh, BF and M committee say that uh, when they put the pastor in the BF and M, they had in mind anyone using the word pastor, uh, not as the main, main or senior pastor. And we have to appeal to history here as well. So like he, this is just a, if this was a real um, conversation, there is a real William and then there is a real slack jawed pirate that's reacting, um, has uh, biblical knowledge and stuff like that. But say he's a real slack jawed guy and not really good at debate, um, really doesn't know everything exactly. And this is just, uh, you know, going for the low hanging fruit anyway. So this is just a poor example of a good conversation it's It's not a good conversation. and people should not uh, be proud to put something like this out as this is the way the conversation goes. Um, so you know, it's so this is one more question. How many bFN committees? so you you do that, and then you just stump the person again, like you are purposely killing the conversation to throw a stick in your own bike tire to say, like, you know, I, th- this is just a bad conversation. I shouldn't have talked to you. And that's, the, I have this all the time with people that really don't know what they're talking about. And I can just, I answer their questions. If they reply back to me, I reply back. And then it usually ends up them trying to blame me for something, you know, and that's just the way that th- that conversation works these days. And unfortunately that is a horrible, horrible thing, but who does that? Is that what they have in mind whenever they use the word pastor? Well, the thing is, is um, what is the ultimate authority? It is the scriptures so they can say the word pastor and not intend that's what that means but the bible says what a pastor is and we are being very biblical in the baptist faith and message saying that we hold it to be an office for men only
1: here's the issue the The bible answers to this question is very clear from the floor one of the framers made it clear that the term pastor again, in plain language, is reserved for men. That is clear. Mm -hmm. That is what they intended. The designation, the title, the position of pastor is only granted to men in Scripture. That is it.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so when you read it, again, I'm going to read that little bit again. If this is not clear, it's not because it's not clear. It's because you have an ethical prejudice against the position because you have been the pirate
1: who has pillaged language.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, it says while both men and women are gifted for service in the church, again, not neglecting women and service in the church at all. The office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. So the person who wrote the term pastor in this document, meant it to be limited to men only if that is not clear and sufficient enough for you then you have a problem the document does not have the problem the bible has no problem and you're arguing exactly like uh there was a baptist pastor Um, he was a baptist pastor at a couple churches here in the area and now he is now a a person that is deconstructing in front of everybody and trying to call other people to deconstruct with him at the venues. His name is Philip Wright, and you're talking like him. Exactly. And so he is not a Southern Baptist. They The, the church that he was at did church discipline on him, and he left um, because he was doing other positions and preaching other positions that were against biblical positions and confessional positions. So you can go join the venues. If you redefine would like,
1: redefine words. Feel free to redefine. Yeah. This is why there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Individuals are making, making it seem like no, no. There's really nothing to see here all the time. Redefining clear language and not rightly representing the intent of the clear statements. That is a problem.
0: Yep. And so, you know, this uh, reminds me of uh, this the very end, you know, I'm not good at quizzes. It doesn't look like it, but I'm happy to help. The answer is zero. So what, so maybe you could get some facts, uh, not much interested in that, whatever, you know, this is, again, this is a devolving, um, mental exercise of, of, uh, of, <laughs> of the writer just trying to force the issue. And this is exactly the way that, uh, conversations can go on Facebook, which is, you know, this is not an academic attempt or anything it's like you know yeah
1: he tries to make it a humor piece but we know where he's really at on this
0: yeah so i mean let's have a real conversation sbc voices like every time that we've had sbc voices on here it's not been a good thing (laughs) you know can you actually have integrity um and even in your satire and the same thing is if you're going to hit us for any sort of hypocrisy uh what did we do with the babylon be about elon musk so um you know again we need to be about truth Um, there are times you know ecclesiastes is right there's a time um for everything under the sun and so there's a time for to to have a little bit of humor um even doug shivers here in springfield would uh preach that you need to have a sense of humor. <laughs> and so we need to have humor. But um, are, are you looking at us? Are you demonizing us as slack jawed pirates? While you're being at like the ad hominem pirate versus you actually being a, a language pirate, which is uh, where we need to stop. But then again, that that presents another issue to talk about on another show, which is the whole critical theory and the way um, things happen because of that. And, you know, again, the battle of language, the redefining of terms, the the um, re-historicizing everything and uh, book burning is actually the liberals, not the conservatives you know, just all those, again, blaming the other side for exactly what you're doing. And so, you know, so be mindful um, because you're going to hear those conversations. Uh, if you uh, have not picked up a good book, like uh, like uh, this biblical eldership book, this is a great one. Um, You know, Strach puts out a real lot of good, reliable information, breaks into the scripture. You can be a Berean and study the scriptures for yourself um, to really know as a congregant, what, is as a congregant, you need to really know what are your pastors biblically supposed to do? How are they supposed to keep watch over your souls? Do you know that your pastor is gonna be held accountable for your soul and not just mm-hmm. yours alone, your brothers and sisters in the same room as you, as he's preaching. So if he tells you something wrong, God is going to go like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. So why, have, why are you teaching this language pirating? To your congregation he's going to hold them accountable to that so um, get a hold of something like that that'll help out uh, mentally in your future um, and it's a great I mean, thing because it, was, it helps you serve your elders and helps them serve you better if you can hold them accountable too so that's we how you have this, get
1: this meme adam
0: yeah. oh yeah, we better get to the meme uh, time <laughs> so yeah we did that so yeah we need to get to meme time we promised you some meme time so let's get you to meme time and so with that said let's go to the meme theology studio
1: All right. Now we are in the uh, new
0: Mm -hmm. Zoomy style uh, meme theology studio here. And uh, here we go, Dave. Let's uh, dig on into probably the hardest one um, to talk about. And so this meme we have here, um, it says almost every justification I have seen today has used Bible verses saying this country needs Jesus. Respectfully, no, it doesn't. Christians need Jesus. America needs a separation of church and state, the foundation on which this country exists in the first place. You are allowed to let your religion control your own life, but you are not allowed to let it control the entire country. And this is a quote from someone named Kristen O'Connell. I'll have to look her up later. But uh,
1: the, the it quote's like the good enough. Maiden's Tale? Isn't that with that uh, little logo Probably. Is? Probably. And I'm not really familiar with that, Maybe I have either. to admit, but one of the things that we recognize about memes are once they are released, they are a piece of rhetoric and an argument all of their own, because sometimes context is lost, mm-hmm. I believe, some of the context from this is, of course, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, so... As we look at it and try to at least understand the argument that it is making, because I always think that that is the first piece is what is it trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that because there is separation of church and state in the United States, that we shouldn't let other people's morals be the means by which laws are made. In other words, if someone has a moral standard that they justify based upon their religious perspective, they should not be able to have control over other people. Yeah. Specifically again, this is applying to Roe versus Wade, which is, hey, because you're a Christian, you should not have to you should not have the ability to tell me what to do with my body. Which is yeah. the argument that's being made there, is that yeah. the argument that you're seeing? well, it's
0: up? you know the I mean the at the very beginning, you just have to ask the person, okay, so the uh the so making policy not to murder somebody, tell me how give me evidence that that's not religious, yeah, okay, and so you're gonna have to find out like your commitment to uh what a person is to not to not have the right to murder them um that's going you're going to end up talking yourself enough to hang yourself on your own news to show you you are just as religious as as anybody so um religion and state not a possibility you're not going to separate them because we all have presuppositions we have a worldview, and you religiously hold on to it because that is pre-scientific you have to when you're walking into a house you don't see the beams but you walk into a house on faith that the beams are there you have faith, you have a religious commitment. And so, you know, it's one of those things on the uh, on Independence Day, um, I had shared a, a meme that I made uh, that was Willy Wonka. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, so it, it, it gave the Declaration of Independence where we hold these truths to be self-evident. Okay, so this is not even getting, it, they can't say it without admitting Christianity or but coming to, it's not a conclusion, but being uh, forced into the presuppositional issue that the only world viewed to make sense of the preamble is the Christian worldview. So even if the deist wrote it, like like I said, in the past, just like Pharaoh, um, they bowed the knee to Christ just enough to save their butts from England. Well, one of so, the things that yeah.
1: Colson points out very clearly in How Now Shall How Now Then Shall We Live is even though, and of course, uh Schaefer does the same thing in How shall we live? How now shall we live?
0: How then shall we live? There we go.
1: Yeah, the two titles are uh, <laughs> actually play off one another, by the way. Yeah. But even the founders of the United States, even if they were deist, were functioning from a Christian worldview at their foundational core. They might not have been Christians or self-professing Christians, but they functioned from the Christian worldview in the way that they saw reality. In the way that they found human dignity, it was based upon a Christian position of worth and dignity.
0: Yeah. And so you can't, and so the thing is, is the big issue is you can separate the church and state jurisdictionally, but you cannot separate religion from state. So this is a false thing. And the thing is that they, I think they get this from, uh, it's just a, it's, it's our social imaginary. It's something that has been, uh, just, I it's, it's in our, our conversation, but I we need to say chapter and verse. Where is it? Where is the church and state separation. And a lot of people are going to tell you, they're going to tell you, well, it's in the First Amendment and stuff like that. And uh, no, it's not. Actually, let's read the First Amendment. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And so we're talking about the federal, not the state Congress, too. This is a federal document. Um, so Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble um and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So um i'm getting I'm getting this from Gary DeMar. He's written a really awesome book called You've Heard It Said. Okay. Get that book. It's really cool. It's also got uh, the whole issue of the word world, not always meaning the same world. And, you know, there's a lot of other good stuff in here, but um, he's also a really good uh, American history guy. I'm talking about our Christian heritage in this country, not necessarily calling it a Christian nation, but calling it a, a country of Christian heritage and presuppositions that built this country were completely Christian at its core. So the foundation of this country is actually christianity by the way um so um so that goes against it but the thing is first we got to understand he's got some Well, again just just
1: throwing this out there this is seen very clearly in the reality that the founders assumed words had objective meaning and that words could be used to communicate that meaning even over time Mm -hmm. they believed that what they were saying was true objectively and actually did have the ability to convey that same truth throughout history because text has meaning.
0: Yeah, and so I'm going to read this book that was published in 1991 and expect it to have the same meaning that he intended to have um, in 2022 that he did in 1991 when he published this edition of it. So like I said, in the, the meme that I shared that I didn't completely get to, it was... um given the preamble that we hold these truths to be self-evident and then answering the, you know, past Facebook stuff where it's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, so you, you can't, uh, you know, have a religion in and pu- public pro-, pro you know, and public po- policy. I said, that's pretty cute. It's pretty cute because, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that we have an in- inalienable rights that we are endowed by our creator with that that is a religious commitment that actually drove the policy of the land from the very start so even in a deist perspective they can't make sense of of uh them being imbued with this they're making it up it's an assumption they don't know so you got agnosticism and deism um possibly so it's not even making the sort of the christian case but it's the fact that christians were in america and uh you had had that world view um at the very beginning that led them to this and the thing is that they had a freedom of con from the state church um in england the anglican church that you had to be a part of their church you couldn't do any other you couldn't be a baptist or anything like that um they were doing harm to people who would not commit to being an anglican and the church of england in england in that sense um but the thing is is this this uh document only that we're not getting into the separation of church and state at all here um the congress does not make laws establishing federally a certain religion okay so first this amendment takes makes no mention of church or state and secondly there is no there is no reference to a separation of church and state um, and then, uh, go down to this fourth point. He makes the prohibition is addressed to Congress. The only national law making body in our nation. It's only Congress that it appeals to saying that they can't do this. So it's not talking about public schools, capital building steps, national parks, um, and they're not included in the prohibition. So it's only Congress. So we, again, do you care about language? Do you care about language? Meaning the same thing, um, yesterday um as it or today as it did yesterday and hopefully going forward like if you wrote something I I would hope that you would believe that you want to be have the same meaning in the future um as you wrote something today. So go back and read in your diary. Has that changed or did those feelings that you wrote in your diary are the same with the same words and the same meanings behind it as you read so that you can tell yourself you can say that you're better now, that you have grown and all that kind of stuff. Because if language moves around, then you can't even read your past self um, and your feelings and all those things that you're going through in your diary um, with any meaning to them today. But you're not going to live like that. So please let these documents have the same, um, you know, equal scales here whenever you're talking about these documents. But again, um, you don't have a separation of church and state in that sense. Now, jurisdictionally, pastors cannot throw somebody in jail. That is for the sword. Again, this is very biblical. That the and this is what as abolitionists we're going, you're supposed to be the sword against the evildoer and the rewarder of those who do good, right? And then the church is the keys. So they're the ones that provide the mercy ministries, um, charity, all those kind of things. Churches should be driving that individually. Whenever Jesus uh talked to the apostles, they're like, Well, how we just need to send these guys away and uh, have them feed, go go buy some bread and stuff like that, and then come back or whatever. And Jesus says, no, you, you do it. You feed them. Individuals coming together to feed the crowd, they couldn't do it, so Jesus did. And then Jesus fed them, and then they came back looking for Jesus, wanting to crown him king because he fell, filled their bellies, and that's all they were for. So he denies uh, even the welfare state because that only belongs to the individuals and the churches to do mercy ministries. So it's a jurisdictional separation. Anyway, that's what we have. But the thing is, is Congress is not going to enact a law. And the funny thing is if you go back in history, you had state churches, you had declared state churches in the colonies. So you had Presbyterian, you can be Presbyterian in that state. You can be Baptist in this state. So then we got, what is the definition of religion? It's not every religion it's, you can be a Baptist, you can be a Presbyterian, you can be a Congregationalist. We're not going to allow you to kill yourselves, kill each other over here, over your distinctives.
1: Again, That's
0: again, the real meaning of what religion, it doesn't mean every religion in the world. It was, so this is a Christian heritage nation and you can, you don't have to go to church. So again, the, the Anglican church was making their people go to the church. You had, this is why infant baptism is a big deal because you had to be baptized into the church to actually have legal status in the state. Yes. That's why you have infant baptism and a really horrible argument to make it. So from scripture. Yep. So there's a lot of history there and stuff like that, but see, so we, we do have a jurisdictional difference between church and state, but what you're saying is you're equivocating church with religion, but you're not going to get rid of religion from the state. The state is underneath God and Jesus Christ. And the church is underneath Jesus Christ and you underneath Jesus Christ. And in your marriage, you are underneath Jesus Christ. And then as a man, you're the head of the woman and you you guys are both equals together. But then there's the covenantal relationship you have in a marriage underneath Christ. Those are all you get. Just like you have two officers, as we talked earlier, and the scriptures only give you two offices in the church you have this other structures and all that kind of stuff that, that, uh, so you you need to beef up on your ecclesiology and you need to beef up on your history. And it's, it's memes like this that just perpetuate. So why don't we have fact checkers on Facebook with a little, uh, Hey, this could be misleading.
1: Well, Hmm. further, I just want to note very clearly as Christians, we have a cultural commission. We are to go about redeeming, culture being the means through which Christ redeems culture. So when she says Christians need Jesus, the reality is Christians have Jesus and they are proclaiming him. Our worldview is all inclusive. There is no separation like they are stating. That is an impossibility. However, to state that the church is supposed to be the government, which is exactly basically the church is to be funded by the government, which is what they were actually uh against because they were all leaving in Eng- many of them were leaving england and they were against this anglicanism that was controlled and run by the church that is what they didn't want to see they were not so uh dense as to believe that people could actually interact in culture and do so in a way that was irreligious that is impossible and they knew mm-hmm. that that was the reality Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're allowed to let your religion control your, you're allowed to let your religion control your own life, but you're not allowed to let it control the entire country. Very interesting piece, by the way, that's not being turned around on the secular list. list, And here's that
0: same verbiage flip. Church and religion are two different words. Yes. And now they're conflating religion and church. You cannot allow your religion. No, 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 no. You need to use the same term. You can't let your church control your, your, you're allowed to let your own church control your own life. So again, here's what, here's the language thing. This is like, because this was written with prejudice and probably heat of the moment kind of, or said in the heat of a moment, they didn't think about words. And again, there's a separation of church and state, but I've said yes, jurisdictionally, but nowhere there says that you're separated from religion. And they recognized in modernity, even though they flipped and and made man the final reference point versus God's revelation, there was a philosophy switch where you have, uh, you know, the enlightenment basically like they hand woven suspenders, but they weren't, they didn't have any pants on to actually hook them to. There's no foundation. You just suspend everything um, like moral suspensions and all that kind of stuff um, when you look at that. So, but still they recognized the need for morality. And they knew that they couldn't get that they were working to that point to make how, how do we have objective morality, they, they yes. didn't know. And so we were building from the ground up versus from the top down, which is again, we are the tag you hit podcast. Right. So get into, you know, Van Til's works to explain why uh, Kant is wrong, Adam. Kant is wrong <laughs> not, not this Adam, but you know, he, the Adam knows what I'm talking about. If you ever watch this I show, do. <laughs> yes. anyway. Um, but, but yeah, so, but, but that's the thing is now we've got, you're not allowed to let your religion or you're allowed to let your religion control your own life, but you're not allowed to let it religion control the entire country. Well, the thing is, again, everything's religious. I want you to show me objectively, And what, by what standard and all those things account for morality that says, do not murder. And you're going to find out it's a religious commitment because you're going to end up presupposing something that you cannot prove. It's a presupposition. Again, these truths we hold. So this is, again, even if it's a deist, we hold these, we assume them to be self-evident is what it says. This is our basic assumption that everybody um, has been endowed by their creator with unalienable rights
1: again so that is a, a presupposition religion, that does not then, have to be proven if you have to kick out religion completely then you need to remove the constitution mm-hmm. as any type of authority it is very clearly a religious document because it submits to the authority of a creator that is innately known by his creation or we should say covenant covenantally known by his a creation.
0: covenantal document a man-to-man covenant underneath a uh, a god-to-man covenant and then you forget god and then the man-to-man covenant is going to end up eating itself and good job but then again <laughs> it's everybody in their religion now we've got like internalized polytheism and we're all biting each other so right. a house divided cannot stand and it will end up we'll end up chewing ourselves up and this is gonna die so you know if that's what you want but you, you can repent um you know whoever believes this you can repent and the thing is is you know this god he has shown himself to you and you're rejecting and suppressing the truth but the thing is is jesus christ is is seen god he was made in flesh we seen he has been seen his words we have and he can he'll give the spirit to his people and they will believe and this is not even an issue anymore then we can actually talk about jurisdictional issues um and how to actually run things and that everything is religious but you know um the suppression of the truth is that um i am the only one that's not religious in this conversation that's right <laughs> it's like well that's no. right yeah you, you there's your god right there so you know that whoever's the arbiter of truth is the god of the system so yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, maybe we dismantled that meme. I'm not sure how much uh, time we've got left. We got in, that. That we've got about 10 minutes left. We've got 10 minutes. You want to do another meme for this yeah, meme Yeah, let's do time. one more. Let's, let's do see one more which one more. would be the best one to talk about. Oh, yes. All right. So here we have another meme to deal with. Yes, uh, things are sort of connected but disconnected. But, uh, you know, this is meme theology. We get to pick memes and have fun with them anyway. But, uh, yeah, we've got another meme here. Um, so this was, I mean, this is kind of on old news to us. Uh, we've had these kind of around for a while and wanted to talk about them anyway. So if you guys want more th- meme theology or listen to this, throw us some memes. How about that? Give us some fresh content, but, uh, um, we'll go to this one. So it's, uh, somebody, uh, on my Facebook timeline is what I, what I saw. So I wanted to deal with it. And it says, uh, two Supreme court decisions that will live in infamy. Free to carries on one side and forced to carries on the other side. Now for the podcast listeners uh, to describe the meme, you have a split screen sort of thing and you have the trigger of a gun and then the round of the ring around the trigger. There kind of looks like a pregnant woman's belly and right next to it is a picture of a pregnant woman's belly. So it's a it's a comparing the uh, trigger of a gun area to a pregnant woman's belly. And so it says free to carry. So you're free to carry a gun. Um, by the Supreme Court and well, constitutionally, um, but then you're forced to carry by the Supreme Court decision. We're saying this is by Roe versus Wade. Um, the thing is, again, Roe versus Wade did squat other than just hand it over to the states because the cowardly court system, the coward, the, not system, but the cow- cowardly Supreme Court justices did not want to take a stand on it. So they're going to allow the free-for-all and us to devour each other.
1: So So. the comparison that's being made, at least uh, at face value, is stating that lives are being destroyed by these things. Lives are being destroyed by handguns, and the Supreme Court made a decision to allow people to carry their guns so that they could kill people. And the other one is women's lives are being destroyed because they are being forced to carry their children. First of all, I would note rather clearly that anyone does not just get to carry a handgun, by the way. There are numerous laws restricting the carrying of handguns. Go to Chicago. Go to New York. Massively restricted, yet it's saying that they're free to carry. This is actually a fabrication. This is Mm -hmm. actually false.
0: Yeah, it's not. And it's not a generic. Yeah, it's not. So where you would have, you, I, I, they're Go both not really general, um, but so there's not a generalized free to carry in this yes. country. So again, like you're saying, Chicago um, is a no tolerance state or like, Illinois is a no tolerance state, uh, but yes. definitely Chicago, um, so somehow people are uh, dying all the time, all day long there because uh, guns are there. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're legally free to carry They're going to carry anyway, Um, but you're free to carry a gun. And that's, again, constitutional. That's actually explicit language. So we're talking about clear, explicit constitutional language. Okay. And so how about not everybody that has a gun kills somebody? So I wonder what, so what's the difference between someone who doesn't and who does kill somebody?
1: Likewise here's the other issue on the force to carry component no one has forced any woman to get pregnant there is nothing that has ever forced a woman in our country well, yes. to get now, pregnant now rape, when it comes rape to, is yes rape.
0: yes rape is the issue Certainly. here for yes. sure but the thing is is compared to all the babies born or all the pregnancies had because we know they're murdering babies so we'll talk about all the pregnancies all the conceptions um what is the number of rape conceptions to um you drank too much last night and you were macking on a dude and he was macking on you you went back to your place and you did what you got taught in fifth grade about uh, how babies are made and had that awkward conversation with your parents and got laughed at by your students because they saw your body parts doing funny things on on the show like you know and so, again, this is the sticking the stick in your own bike tire. Um, we do want to acknowledge that there are truly rape situations. Yes. And that's to say that they're forced to carry um, is an emotional argument. Because the thing is, is whenever you have a, there's an actual rape situation. I shared a meme today. I made one. I've been having fun some, making some memes lately. Um, but the thing is, if why aren't we saying that there are two victims in a rape situation? That's right. Because the baby didn't get uh, a choice. That's right. You didn't get a choice to live. Your parents came together; they had you without your permission. And you're are you mad at your parents for having you? Then why aren't you offing yourself? With you need the gun to off yourself. How about that? <laughs> so, I mean. It, yeah, I, I, I'll i be harsh with it. But the thing is, I'll be harsh with it, because what this is doing is saying that uh, you're forced to carry a life um, in most situations. No, you made the decision and you signed you you knew the science behind it. You have we have good education in this country. And if you are a person that really. Um, well, I don't know, know that I could agree right. with
1: the fact that we have good education in this country. Well, oh, we, we have knowledge? definitely.
0: No, no, no. We have good sex education because oh. that's what they want kids to do. Yes. They want them to do these things. So they have really good reinforcement of what sex is, how it works and what happens.
1: Yes. Unless they're going to start teaching that babies don't happen
0: because of them. Yes. So we have done a really good job at this and they know. And so the thing is, is like, we can still do the two or three witnesses thing. We can do the mens rea thing. If somebody was uh, as, as really, and hopefully really, and not just playing um, mentally handicapped. To the point to where they just don't know. Still, is that is that is that something to kill an innocent life over to take the innocent life? No, that's still murder. So again, murder has a an objective definition. It's the taking. You
1: are angry about people having handguns and shooting people. That same type of anger should equally be implemented in the murder of pre-born children who are innocent and have no problem yeah, the why? same problem you have with others taking people's lives with a handgun should be given to the same idea of a woman taking the life of a preborn or a man taking well, the, the thing life is, of a like... pre-born child it's murder if you don't like the guns because people are getting murdered you shouldn't be against then you should be against abortion because it is murdering human beings
0: yeah and so why i'm just saying like why are the people that are against guns that are more probably going to be um pro abortion pro murder um why don't they see us banning scalpels so we should actually go after the scalpels no we're going after the people and then you're going after the thing so again these that's the hard analogy the only way so to keep the analogy going if uh you know if it's a gun is to forced to carry like this if free to carry is to forced to carry then uh we should just ban scalpels oh wait but scalpels can be used to save life just like guns can be used to protect Sorry. life as well right yeah. so you can protect life with a scalpel you can protect life with a gun but see the thing is is because you don't want to look at yourself and know that you're a totally depraved human being um, because you don't want to come and accept the terms of Jesus Christ as King, as Lord over everything, and that you are not autonomous. Um, so again, that knocks down the feminism well, that self- knocks down the, uh, the national pride that knocks down everything, um, because you can't do that. Yeah. You're just going to scream about guns, uh, being the culprit and all the murders that are happening with guns. It's never the person, <laughs> you and know. it's a
1: self-defeating. Yeah. Need. Mm -hmm. the problem that you have with carrying guns it murders people should be the problem that you have with those who are murdering their children is there value and dignity in human life well obviously you feel that way if you think that it's a problem that people are shooting at each other with guns Mm -hmm. but then you can't cross apply that because you want to define what life is of value further i would note that more people who are minorities being killed by gun violence where the restrictions on guns is the tightest. Therefore, you are actually, again, having problems dealing with the real issue, and that is the human hearts. Human hearts are what is wicked and evil. The only way to cross out or to come to an end to the murder of people by firearms and the murder of the pre-born is to change hearts do human beings have value yes where does that start who defines that
0: and yeah i mean that whenever you're saying that again this is uh about standards this is about uh who gets to define you And again, why I keep on going, like, do you want the state to define you? Does your mom define you? Um, Are you going to live by my definition of you and then somebody else's definition? And we can totally, completely disagree and contradict. And you are both at the same time in the same sense and all that kind of stuff. This is why, um, again... Um, the whole, uh, abortion issue, uh, a lot of people are going to make us, uh, I have a, I have a friend that, um, wants to make me embarrassed of the position because it's like, oh, well, we didn't care about abortion until, uh, 1973. And then the Baptists are like, oh, I made it the one trick. That's, that's what, that's what, how you guys are making yourself feel self-righteous, um, because you're attacking this issue. And it's like, no, because we are attacking foundations. We're attacking well, as, positions and worldviews.
1: Yeah. As Colson and Piercy make it very clear. The Christian worldview is an all-encompassing worldview. Mm-hmm. It, and that is one of the problems that the eva- big evangelicalism has bought into in the 20th century and at the start of the 21st century, is that well, I can separate. I can have my sacred and secular. The reality mm-hmm. is you can't. That mm-hmm. is a lie. Mm-hmm. There is a no neutrality, king and it is Christ, and He is Lord over everything, and you have to. Culturally, uh, you have a cultural commission uh, that God has called us to, and that is why we are reforming culture from the Christian worldview. You cannot have a consistent Christian worldview unless you're speaking to cultural issues like this from the authority of the creator and the way he has revealed himself in his word Mm -hmm. and seeking to do so in a consistent manner Mm -hmm. and continually and consistent manner.
0: Again, you need to pick up Francis Schaeffer's uh, Christian Manifesto, the the whole parts and pieces idea. Um, it can be a universalized principle. It's not just uh, we've seen politics in parts and pieces. Uh, we've mm-hmm. read scripture in parts and pieces. And just like you said, uh, what they said, that's very Vantillian because it's Van Til that said you can't parts and piece out these arguments. You have to deal with Christianity as a system. It is a system thing from like jesus says I'm the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end god has declared the end from the beginning there's a system he created a system um to his knowledge that is a system all those kind of things and he presents it in his word and if you do not stand on his word and his definitions again um you know that's the whole issue of brute factuality there's no such thing as brute factuality everything that is is what it is because god made it that's right. And he's defined it. That's right. um, and so, yes, we have a role to play. We're having fun, like discovering what God built and didn't give us a total, like, you know, comprehensive. Um, well, you know, I'm going to call those rocks. And we you know he did give Adam opportunity to go call. You know, I want you to image me in creation and name the animals.
1: That's All right. right.
0: So there is that. But you think Adam did that without the hand of God being sovereignly over that. So, I mean, we we got the whole eternity. Um, issue the whole uh, (laughs) the whole sovereignty and human responsibility sort of debate in that but you know see it's a system it's a system and we have a worldview and uh, again like whenever we're talking about this like we're talking about the foundations and that's why um, we hit the abolition thing the abortion thing so much because it creeps down in to everything else Um, who are Mm. you and, and so right. um, that's why and that's why You're I'm in the game. I'm not in the game to feel self righteous. It's just because it's the it's what the culture is throwing back in our face and trying to make us embarrassed of to get what they want. And again, it's guilt manipulation. Um, and we have allowed it a lot and we need to repent and not allow it anymore, but graciously go forward. And, um, you know, we need to be saving the babies as the church and we need to be calling the civil magistrate, oh, here's the separation of church and state we can talk about. We can call them to do justice. Again, law does not say, but it is there for the lawless. It is there for yes. the mur- murderers who are unrepentant. And we can go in, we, again, we go into the murder mills and adopt the babies. We go in and try to get these women go, hey, we'll give you diapers, we'll give you all this stuff. We, you come in, come to Christ, come to christ and you have a community you have you you get taken care of you know orphans and widows right um that's the ministry of the church there's the jurisdictional thing but see the thing is is who is who okay and let's go back again to uh, what i said about the liberal agenda they're going to blame you for exactly what they're doing so they're going to decry church state but they don't mind a state church mm-hmm. because they want universal health care they want the state and the judiciary to, for to rule from on high to define everything. Yes. So you want to be a secular form of Roman Catholicism? You want to have a hierarchy? You want to have a state? And you want to have somebody to determine truth for you because mm-hmm. you're lazy and all that kind of stuff. So again, because they're
1: totalitarians. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. So who's the deal? Where, what's the deal? They're blaming you for exactly what they're doing. And if relative, if relativism is the case, then we're just a boiling pot of arbitrary mess exactly Mm -hmm. what your biology book wants to teach you and why does it matter and just again you need that gun to shoot yourself to get it all over with because once you're done the computer shuts off and your energy just turns into a different form of energy all right good good job carl sagan that's why people are shooting people in schools because science scientism tm has uh, taught them that you're a meaningless bag of protoplasm and And so why has
1: any meaning or transcendent value. And you're the only worth that you have is what you have given to yourself or what others might give to you temporarily, Mm -hmm. but overall, no inherent transcendent value. Mm -hmm. That is the hopelessness and the futility of a secularist worldview.
0: Yep. And if uh, gender is a social construct, so are you. (laughs) Your meaning is a social construct. And so you can be played around with just as much as any other word or concept because that's all this is you, you, again you have a realm of ideas and uh, you have the physical world and you cannot connect the dots without a myth just like plato did he tried he couldn't do it and you're not you're not plato and you're not better than plato so right. again come to jesus um, who gives us real true meaning, who has died for his people, who has taken on every sin and has given forgiveness and made peace with God, the God that you know that you are going through these other things um, for solace to try to get away from him. But you understand that you live before his face and you will come to uh, confront him someday on judgment day. Um, so I, it would be awesome to have Jesus in your corner actually uh, um, going going with the accuser and saying, nope, I died. I died for that. I covered that. Don't worry about it. God sees me. He doesn't see your sin. Um yeah. we want you to come to that. So um we have spent a whole lot of time on this show this evening. I'm good, Dave. man. I'm glad. Well, thank, thank you, you Adam, your, so much for your article. Sure so good. And uh, you know, the having fun yeah, with I'm meme so theology good. again. Hopefully again send us some fresh memes if uh, you think these are too old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll come up with some new ones. I'll make some new ones whatever. whatever. Um, but yeah, send us some memes, send us some articles, you know, get in on the conversation again, uh, guys. And uh, again, like this, uh, um, you know, so subscribe to the podcast uh, on YouTube and make sure you rate it on YouTube, rate it on, on your favorite podcast app, share this please. episode with the beginning information, especially, and then tomorrow and the next couple of days, whenever I get that other video, please share, please don't just like uh-huh. it please, if you're going to like it, you, it's just a click over. You can share it. It's okay. Um, people are going to blow up, but you know, if you're a Christian, they should already be blowing up at you anyway. So it's all, all right. it's all good. So well, all right. Dave, any, uh, any last, uh, comments from you?
1: No, man, I'm so grateful to do the program. Thank you so much. Individuals who listen and watch. We're so grateful for the opportunity to speak into your lives. Thank you for your prayers for us. We enjoy this great opportunity and, uh, always encouraged by those who view and share continue to do that
0: all right well with that said dave this is the tag you podcast i'm ray ray and i'm david grand and so Daya Daya. gloria